Welcome to The Airwave, West Yorkshire Internal Medicine Teaching Collaborative Podcasts, in association with Airedale General Hospital and Bradford Royal Infirmary, a Chief Registrar Programme Initiative. Today, we're talking about the IMT interview process and how best to prepare yourself for the IMT interview, speaking to a variety of trainees who have recently undergone the interview process. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our IMT interview podcast. We're going to talk a bit about the, the IMT interview process. I've got some fantastic people here, all of whom have recently done the IMT interview process or at least have an opinion on it and one person who's preparing to sit it so it's a great opportunity to pick the minds of some absolute experts in the field so if I just get you all uh, to introduce yourself I'm I'm Mark Johnson I'm the Chief Registrar at Airedale Elliot Hi I'm Elliot Greenwood I'm one of the IMT3s currently at Airedale James Hi I'm James Hartson on the IMT1s in Bradford Tim Hello, I'm Tim. I'm one of the IMT ones at Airedale. Fantastic, Miriam. Hi, I'm Miriam. I'm one of the IMT ones at Airedale. Luna. Hi, I'm Luna. I'm one of the IMT ones at Airedale. And finally, Gemma. Hi, I'm Gemma. I'm the F3 Clinical Education Fellow at Airedale. And you're, you're the person who's preparing to sit there interview. Yes. They're all, all nervous and terrified about the about the process. So I suppose the first thing is the interviews are coming up reasonably soon, aren't they? They're 15th of January to 16th of February. Is that right? That's what it something says. Something like that, yeah. That's what it says on the IMT recruitment uh, website. And then quite quickly, you find out you get your rankings on the 27th of February. God, you'll know, you'll know everything by April. You'll know where you're going and what's going on. Um, so the main benefit to this uh, discussion is to talk a little bit about the interview. Uh, process by having lots of IMT ones who've recently done the interview. Talk a bit about what it's like, talk about what to expect about being too specific. And I can't really comment because as an IMT, I I did an interview process back when you still interviewed in person prior to COVID, which makes me feel very old. And uh, and so did Elliot by all by all measures. So actually it's really only the IMT ones who can really add much to this discussion about what the interview process was like. I remember my interview was at Sheffield Wednesday's football ground and you had to take your portfolio, uh, your physical portfolio and someone sat and read it in front of you and asked you lots of uh, hard questions about it. I imagine things have changed since then, or I suspect. So roughly speaking, let's let's start off with um, with Tim. So Tim, what was the actual interview structure? What, how did it work? As far as I can remember, there was a, a section of uh, in initially where you had a certain amount of time, not very much time at all to talk about yourself a little bit. Um, and then they asked some questions based on what you said. Um, I can remember spending quite a lot of time just with my phone and a timer trying to get it to be as succinct as possible, not to waffle on. It was really difficult to try and get all the relevant bits of information in there and try and sell yourself as well as you can without running over the time if you run over the time they just cut you off uh, that's very nice um, of them isn't it? Yeah, uh, it, it, it helps to focus the mind <laughs> um and then from what i can recall as a clinical scenario 
um, and very sparse amount of information given and then asking questions about what you would do in the scenario. Uh, I think there was, I think mine was a, a hyponatremia scenario that had very little information about just uh, the present, yeah, <laughs> presentation of a, a patient with reduced GCS and then they said, and what would you do? And everything was really open-ended, which was the, the most difficult thing because they didn't give you any direction whatsoever. I found it quite tough to to know what kind of information they wanted. So I started in the beginning and went through the simple A to E. And then at the end of it, I can the, the memory that I have is they just said, and then, and then, and then, and you, not with any direction. So you you don't really- You run out of ideas. Yeah, yeah. You don't know whether you, you're, there is actually more or just, but it, it, it wasn't too bad really. Um, and then the third was an ethical scenario, which I, I can't actually remember what the scenario was, but I think that was a reasonably straightforward one. Mm. Um, but I, I didn't actually find the, the whole process too bad, to be honest. I mean, I, I won't say I enjoyed it, but <laughs> it, I don't think it was as, as daunting as I thought it would be. Gemma looks slightly troubled by all of that, but uh, <laughs> sort of slightly nervous laugh and smile based on a based on what you said. So what, what I've got here, so there was three questions. I think it's slightly changed this year because there's a presentation section. Is that correct? Yeah, lots of lots of nods, which is good. Uh, so you now have to do a two minute presentation. You give an overview of your achievements to date, which are most relevant to your application to be a trainee in internal medicine. So Gemma, how many fantastic things are you going to talk about in your <laughs> in your uh, presentation uh well hopefully a few but i'm gonna have to be make a list i think and try and pick some decent ones <laughs> yeah I, so it's always the hardest thing in medicine is to try and sell yourself in a situation like that because we're all naturally quite um, polite to people by by nature particularly physicians so i think it kind of goes with the territory of being kind of you know very um relaxed about things and try not to be too stressed and selling yourself is much more of a salesman's job than it is a physician's job. Um, yeah, so you've got your presentation and then you have to, you have a few questions to clarify it. So that's, that's going to be fun, nice interrogation. So that's the whole interview process only lasts 25 minutes. That's not too bad. That's it could be much, much longer than your question two, your clinical scenario. So you had a hyponatremia scenario, Tim, is that right? Yeah, yeah. right, yeah. Well, so, so out, out of the rest of you guys, so Miriam, what do you remember what scenario you had, roughly speaking? Yeah, so um, I had, well, there were actually two scenarios. I don't know if that was the case for everybody else. Um, so I got a medical scenario and then an ethical scenario afterwards. Mm. Um, so my medical scenario um, actually sounds quite simple compared to what you got, Tim. <laughs> um, so mine was just a bile and sepsis. Um, so it was just basically going through kind of everything you do A to E, um, everything you'd monitor. They were, they, I understand what you mean, Tim, about them saying then, and they were very much sort of trying to prompt you to pick up every little last mark. Um, so yeah, so yeah, so it's just a, a sepsis one that I had, yeah. um, which again, I, I, I agree with Tim that it was left quite broad. I think I was just given some obs um and a very brief sort of descriptor of what the patient has come in with um and just sort of had to go from there um 
would you like me to talk about the well, let's, let's stay on the clinical scenario because I'm, I'm a bad in one. I had like an iron deficiency anemia from postmenopausal bleeding. I think I, mine was a bit more specific, but but I asked for like blood tests as well. The micro city, uh, the, the MCV is 70. I was like, great. <laughs> is, that, is that below or in normal range? I couldn't quite remember off the top of my head. And say, so, Elliot, you didn't, you didn't even get a question because you didn't even have an interview. So that's the easiest life, I suppose. No, no, my uh, mine was based on some text box as, as sort of entries that I wrote on my portfolio, and I only found out a week afterwards due to COVID. So I think I would have rather had the uh, interview process rather than actually because I didn't think those boxes were going to be useful at all. So I can't even remember what I wrote in them. Um, luckily, it was good enough. But yeah, I, I don't think I'd like hyponatremia. No, no, not not, not as a not as a someone not even in the actual physicianly practice yet. So Muna, do you remember what your uh, interview question, your clinical question was? Uh, my clinical question was hyperosmolar hyperglycemic state. Um, it well, wasn't... Lots of kind of, oh God, sort of responses in the chat there. Um, to be fair, it wasn't really hard because the, the presentation looked like, well, at first I thought it was DKA, but then with with time, they give you more information and then you kind of, figure out where you're going. But I think that with the clinical scenario, I'll just have to say that um, something that really helped me is one of one website called Medibody. I don't know if everyone has used it before, but Medibody. it's a, yeah, it's a website yeah. where they give you a lot of clinical scenarios and they ask, they have questions underneath every scenario and you can answer them by yourself and then see an ideal answer. And it really helps because it gives you the A to E of how to answer any question um it also gives you what they look for some keywords and some following follow-up questions for every scenario so it's really really helpful i i've done all the clinical scenarios and i think that the one that i got was pretty much one of them um so i do recommend people to see it um i do think that they look for certain keywords to uh, make sure that someone understands the nhs guidelines and the how the nhs works to be fair um especially for me that i came uh pretty much after one year of working in the nhs there was some keywords that I think if I did the interview without having worked here would have been a bit difficult. Like, for example, um, escalation plans should be mentioned in every scenario. Just make sure that you mentioned that you've thought about the escalation plan for a patient. Um, obviously, the A to E, sometimes they ask about certain dosages or flow rates or, because I, I was asked about the fluid because um, I wanted to fluid resuscitate the patient and they asked about the rates because there is a certain rate for HHS. Um, but I do think that, to be fair, if you have a couple of weeks, just make sure that you have a look at Medibody. They have also ethical scenarios, so that might be helpful for a lot of people as well, because with ethical scenarios, there is, it feels like there's no right or wrong, but then there is. So, and there is keywords that they want to hear. So, yeah, I do recommend people to look at it. And we're not sponsored by them. <laughs> it feels like an advertisement, but really. It does feel like an advertisement. Yeah, slip that one. So, James, how about you then? Do you remember your clinical scenario from your interview? Yeah, mine was um, SBP um, and I sort of had a, a good cop and a bad cop um, and I, I really recognise, you know, the sort of prompting that they give you or maybe not prompting and the deathly silence. Um, and I started rambling on about encephalopathy for a while and I was sort of the good cop guided me slightly back on course. So that's what it's like for me. 
Yeah. So actually, harder scenarios than I kind of thought they would be. I thought of saying, like, an IC, sounds like Miriam got an IC sepsis, everyone else got hyponatremia and electrolyte problems and SPP, all the, the weird and wonderful stuff. And in, in the, the IMT recruitment website talks about the further investigations, differential, the treatments, the information about the communication with patients. Was that, generally speaking, the theme of everyone's scenario? Or was that not ring true? And generally speaking, there's nodding of heads, which is good. That generally matched with what people seem to come across. And eight minutes to do it. And then a minute handover now is your thing. People remember doing a handover. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of nodding of the head. So yeah, you have to hand over the patient as well, which sounds interesting. I'm not sure how you go about that. And then finally, so the ethical questions. I, I don't remember having an ethical. I must have had an ethical question, but I can't remember. I remember looking through the, the pillars of, of good health care and good medical practice. But going back in, in reverse order, then, so James, do you remember what your ethical scenario was? Or say it's ethical professional governance question. Do you remember what it was? I do. Mine was a colleague who had turned up um, hungover slash drunk and what I'd do about this. Um, mm. So that was an interesting one. I think from sort of looking it up, a lot of them were sort of, you know, I felt like something like that might come up. Um, I would recommend against anyone nervously drinking out of a pint glass as uh, presenting what they do for this, but yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's sort of similar to, I don't know, do we still do that SJT? Is that still something that's happening, the situation judgment test? Because yeah. well, it's a bit controversial, but it sort of sounds like a sort of similar-ish scenario. Muna, do you remember what yours was? Um, the ethical scenario was yeah. um, a patient came in with a fractured humerus and the orthopedic doctor wanted to admit her under the medics. Very oh, wow, it's amazing. A real life scenario. <laughs> That's very nice. That's literally medical registrarhood in, in a single case, isn't it? Uh, say, we, all, we all understand that to be true. They asked about ask, how, who you'd escalate to and they said what I'd say for the registrar and yeah, and they said that he kept saying no, technically he wanted to admit them under medics and it was just a difficult scenario where you had to escalate to, um, yeah, hire people. <laughs> so who did you escalate to? Uh, I escalated to my senior, my, my reg, but then they said the reg didn't answer or something like that. And then I said the consultant on call, something like that. I can't actually remember what I said. It's an incredibly real life scenario. That's nice and to to really frame in the boots of being a, a medical registrar. So yeah, Elliot's not got a question to answer this, but that, that's pretty realistic to the medical registrar experience, having a patient admitted with fractured humerus to to the medics. Actually, I think we, that's something we do routinely now. Uh, yeah, yeah part of the experience. It's it's one of those real life ethical scenarios. So um, it's good that it comes up though in interview because obviously at least they're testing you on things that you're probably going to get exposed to as a real IMT. Yeah. yeah, I can't say I've had a colleague drinking at work yet, but I've certainly had a few fractured humoruses sent my way from the surgeons. So, go on, Miriam, what was your, do you remember your ethical case? Yeah, so again, I feel like I got off easy with the, with the scenarios that everyone else has been given. Um, so I was given um, a scenario of a taxi driver who'd come in um, after what was seemingly a tonic-clonic seizure um, who wanted to go home and drive Um and it was how would you, they kind of made me role play it. What would you say to the patient? How would you explain all of this to them? Um, and the risks involved. Um, yeah, which I do think is a bit easier than 
Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe you got into IMT a bit too easily then. Uh, <laughs> well, no, but it's, it's interesting what we're saying, isn't it? Um, Tim, do you remember yours? I think mine was kind of a two-part one about an elderly gentleman with um, deteriorating kidney function that should have been a candidate for dialysis but was refusing. So questions about capacity and that kind of thing and then I, th I think there was a second part which was this, the patient's son wanted information and to become involved in the decision making so this is, and then it's, it's fairly straightforward actually I think to be honest too bad it's just giving all the stances I think isn't it you just don't you don't want to come over as being a bit gun-ho you don't want to say oh my colleague's been drinking I'm going to join him in the bar and come to work afterwards you want to just seem like a reasonable intelligent person is that there is the good medical practice uh, which the GMC put out which is always a useful thing to look through but I tend to find is a little bit dry and in reality most people know you just want to be a decent person don't you do the right thing so there we are so a little bit of an overview is there anything else about the imt interviews that you guys remember so i remember it being a challenging process but it got me where i wanted to be and you know everything is a journey in medicine so is there any other comments about the imt interview process that people want to want to mention yeah i do have a couple of comments if that's fine yeah. um just want to follow up with a comment about my ethical scenario and it's a in my opinion a funny one but yeah um, when I was talking about the orthopedic reg, I kept referring to them as a male. And this was a completely subconscious. I'm a big believer that women can do anything. Uh, but in the comments and the feedback that they sent me, they said I had a subconscious bias and, and actually I got points off for that. So maybe people should know about it. Um, that's one thing about the ethical scenario. And in terms of the presentation, I just want to say that I think um, you should have a preset like um, uh, things that you should you you'd want to say practice them in front of in front of a mirror several times until you get them pretty natural because you have two minutes and you have to mention everything um camp structure worked well for me where you just mentioned the clinical achievements and then the academic and maybe some managerial or leadership roles and then something personal that would um yeah i think it would make you good for the post um some of the questions i i got asked after the two-minute presentation weren't really about specific things um, that I've mentioned, but uh, they did ask me if I knew what the structure of IMT was, um, or I, I don't know if I, I, I'm actually allowed to say questions that were mentioned in the interview, so if that's illegal, omit that. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't be specific, that's the only oh, thing okay, you can't do. Yeah, it's just uh, have, a, have an overview of what IMT is, what kind of rotations you're going to be what what kind of rotations you're going to encounter and some of them are actually obligatory so should you should know which ones are the the ones that you have to do and yeah they were pretty generic questions they weren't about anything i've done or i've mentioned so what's yeah. the camps the camp structures are what clinical achievements academic, academic achievements management academic. experience and what's the leadership and the last one is personal personal experiences or things done so anything that that doesn't really fall under these I think it's a good, it's a better way of saying things you've done in a chronolo chronological order because that mm. kind of gets boring at one point or you can do more than one thing in one year and it just gets really confusing to people hearing it. I think mm. the camp structure is really, it puts everything into perspective of what you've done in every, under every umbrella of like whether clinical or academic or yeah. Mm. And just practice that you do it in two minutes and in a way where you won't hurry up so they can actually catch the things that you're saying with 
using the right keywords that might stick with them. Um, so you've got two minutes, haven't you? So which is quite, which is less time you think, is it? Less time, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. So and I suppose you're to say is knowing the curriculum is quite useful as someone who's now completed, you know, I've completed IMT. I kind of feel like I know it slightly better, but in reality, it's it's not a complicated program in in many respects. You've just got to do some elderly care at some point, some intensive care at some point, and act like a medreg and get the basic skills signed off you'd expect your medreg to do. And unless Elliot's got anything else to add about the IMT experience beyond the other problems, which I'm sure we could talk about for a very long time, that's essentially the curriculum in a nutshell. Yeah, no, that's that's basically you do at least one elderly job and uh, one sort of ICU post and then your other jobs in most of the medical specialties. Uh, and then in your third year, depending on where you are, you're put on the register, uh, the medical registrar rotor, um, which which is sometimes difficult to get your uh sort of portfolio requirements as, as you know well no mark so yeah. um but yeah like you said we could talk about that for ages well i think that's some discussion is the problems of imt but i don't want to start this conversation with, hey look this is why you shouldn't do internal medicine training uh well, tim were you going to say something in regards to any other queries about the imt interview process do you have anything else to add look like you were going you look like you were moving towards your mouse on the last one obviously the James had said that there was a good cop, bad cop in the scenario. That was very much the same in mine. Yeah. It was it was very pleasant and uh, encouraging. And somebody that was, I don't know whether deliberately, but more stern and seemed a bit more disappointed with everything that I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> but actually looking at the feedback, they both scored exactly the same. The same. Yeah. So I don't know if that's something that they do deliberately or if that's uh, <laughs> just a coincidence. And exactly the same with Muna that they asked me questions about the structure of the programme and how you'd be examined. And it was something that I didn't actually read up particularly well. And I can remember thinking that that's an easy win. And I looked a bit daft for to, to spending much of the time trying to pr prove how committed I am to becoming an IMT and then just kind of falling short when they were asking, well, what does it entail? So I had to talk about I have friends who have done IMT and I you know I know that you've got to do some clinics and that you know that sounded a, a bit daft whereas if I'd have just spent a little bit of time looking at that it'd, it'd made things a lot easier. Yeah I think that's it it's, and actually the curriculum is reasonably clear these days say so, as Elliot has said it's it's you need to do some elderly care medicine you need to do is it 100 clinics now I can't remember it's 80, 80 uh, clinics over three clinics. years. Yeah, yeah. 20, 20, 20 clinics per year, uh, but 80 by the end of IMT3. So you need to at least do 20 in year one, 20 in year two, and then 80 by the end of year three. So you can do more than 20 in the first couple of years, and then that makes it a bit easier. And then you also you have to have a certain number of patients on take, but generally speaking, that's not particularly hard thing to achieve. I, I think I, I almost did the number of patients in the first year, because it's 500 patients is it you've got to do over the three years. And actually, if you, if yeah, you average, yeah, if you average three or four takes a month and you're seeing eight or nine patients each take actually that that number quickly disappears um so yeah no, it's, no that's not a massive number to chase is it but i mean it's, it's clinics and skills there's no procedural skills and i'm um, taking on that medical registrar role as an imt3 so i think if, if there's any other points anything else wants to mention about the imt interview process a it's a difficult process but it does get you into 
into medicine, which I think is a good thing overall. It's a challenging process. The applications seem, the numbers seem crazy at the moment, but I think in reality, the right people are by and large still getting through. It's just a challenge. It seems really competitive. And Gemma, how do you feel absorbing all that information? Does it make you feel confident that you can pass the uh, interview? Um, it's very useful to know. So thank you, everybody, um, uh, for my own personal learning. Um, it's interesting to know about all the variety of different clinical scenarios, especially. Um, I hadn't heard about some of them. Um, so I will probably start doing some prep a bit earlier than I had planned. <laughs> So as long as the acronyms make sense, I suppose. Is there, is there anything else that, from your perspective that you think that would be useful to cover? So I think we've covered most of the bits in terms of how the interview works, but I think the most important thing is also just to try and be yourself, isn't it? You know, most of the people who medicine is about honesty and integrity and being genuine with people in difficult trying circumstances. So I actually think people that come over honest and polite and kind actually do the best. But is there anything else as an app as an applicant to IMT and hopefully as of August uh, an IMT one, anything else you'd want to know? Um I don't think so. I can't think of now on the spot. That sounds fine. No, <laughs> I don't mind that. No, as long as we feel like we've covered the main bits we have to cover. So perfect. Right, I'll leave it there, guys. Uh, thank you all for your time and uh, for your expert inputs. It's a uh, useful one. Say so we'll get that out to our IMTs of the future. People like Gemma who are all ready to sit there into the and and be the future physicians uh, looking after us all. So thank you very much, guys. Thank you for listening to the Airway. West Yorkshire Internal Medicine Teaching Collaborative Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and learned something new. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing to our podcast on your favourite platform. Have a great day.